Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Monsters Who Murder. Serial killer confessions. Police found 27 corpses. Australia's worst serial killer. Even though I didn't want to get in the car, I had to... With Amanda Howard and Robert McKnight. Ah, uh, yes, we are back. Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. And of course, I couldn't do this podcast or videocast without the serial killer whisperer, criminologist, and best selling true crime author, Amanda Howard. Look who's back. Back again. Amanda's I back. I know. Her <laughs> <laughs> <Our> only friend. <laughs> See, guys, I have to say. <laughs> Yeah, that's a bit true. Um, but I just want to let everyone know, see, I didn't murder him. He is alive. I um, I probably should have said a few terse words, but we're here now, so we're just going to start. Uh, now, she gets me because she knows that I don't intensely look at the Facebook feed, so she bitches and moans about me and thinks I'm unaware. But yep. I know, Amanda, people report back. <laughs> I know they do, but that's why I put it out there, because someone might say, Robert, will you get out there before she does murder you? So... <laughs> Indeed, but we're here, we're going through Christmas and New Year's, so we're here for the holiday season to talk about jolly things like murder and monsters, so what better Christmas present could you hope for? (laughs) Absolutely, and while we're on on that subject of Christmas, because it is Christmas in a couple of days here, not sure when this will go live, but guys, just to let you know, I'm doing a uh, live tour, there's four nights that I'm doing with Gimpy Bone Museum, so they're online, so anyone from around the world can come and visit. I'll be doing one on um, on uh, cults and mass murders. I'm doing one on missing children. I'm doing one on serial killers, and I'm doing a VIP Q&A night. So uh, those that want to uh, have a look at that, I'm posting it in all the Facebook groups, so uh, you will be flooded between now and mid-January. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I didn't know about this. I wasn't invited. <laughs> no, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> If, if we were doing a class on maybe accents, maybe they could have asked you to attend as a student. But... All right, fair enough. Uh, it's been a very yeah. big uh, break for us. We've had a lot going on, but it is really good to be back. But let's get into our psychological profile of the week, because this week we commence a mini-season that has been requested so many times. In fact, this is the most requested case we've received. Chris Watts murdered his pregnant wife, Shanann, and their two young daughters, four-year-old Bella and three-year-old Celeste, on August 13, 2018. Shanann was reported missing by a friend, Nicole, who was one of the last people to see her alive. 
home after she failed to respond to text messages. Nicole had gone to the family home and there was no response. She then rang Chris, who came home from work. She also called police, who were there when Chris arrived. Now, Amanda, what's interesting about this case is we actually have footage of the case from an extremely comprehensive point of view. In fact, the first clip begins from the moment police officer Kennard arrived at the Watts' home where Nicole meets them. The officer's body cam is already recording. Have a look at this because this is the moment the investigation starts to take place. How you guys doing? Brother? What's that? Do you remember me? Yeah. Hey, ma'am. Hey, Ben. Hi. You're Nicole? Yes. Okay. What's going on? So, my friend, um, we were out of town for a business trip this weekend. Right. And I dropped her off at 2 o'clock this morning. She's 15 weeks pregnant. She wasn't feeling well. And she had a doctor's appointment this morning at 9, and I told her to let me know if she needed me to take her. She's got two little girls. And um, she was very distraught over the weekend, wasn't eating normally or drinking, and we kept trying to force it on her because she's pregnant. Mm -hmm. um, her husband and her supposedly are separating, but she didn't know this. She thought they were just having issues. He disclosed that to me today. Because okay. I called him and I was like, have you talked or heard from Shanann since you left for work this morning? Because I can't get a hold of her. I've called, I've texted. Her car's in the garage. Her shoes she wears every single day are by the front door. She only has one vehicle? No, they only have the one vehicle and a work truck. Okay, that's and what I'm asking. There's not a... girl that went on a play date, but they're four and two. She went on a play date? Why wouldn't she take in a car? They're both in car seats. Now, Amanda, I've got to say, from a technical point of view, this footage is crystal high quality. It's crystal clear high quality. And it's actually really interesting watching it from a technical point of view because we are seeing what the police officer is seeing here. It is. It's, it's a great way to start. And as you said, we are starting from the very first moments and we're actually actually going to go to before she's she has been killed. So there is a lot that's going to happen here. Mm. But as you said, from a technical point of view, we have this from uh, the first moment until the last moment on camera, which is so comprehensive. And this is why I think people wanted us to have a look at it because we look at things differently and, and we tear them apart. Mm. This is such a good case to do. And yet from, from the word go, we've got it on camera. Now, look, we've just mentioned that unlike many episodes we're beginning way before the formal police interview but Amanda there's already warning signs aren't there that Nicole was quick to tell the officer when he arrived around 2 p.m. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we, we have uh, the uh, Detective Steve Flores Award for Excellent Detectives. Nicole, I think, has to be nominated for this award because mm. she's already got those alarm bells. She's already thinking, well, well she's pregnant. She's um, uh, uh, Chris has come up with some um, lies about the children going on play dates. Her car's here. Her shoes are here. This is, um, like, you know, the A1 best, best friend who actually keeps in contact with people like other people don't. Um, but... <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that in. But um, it's it's amazing that she can actually go through that piece by piece and say, this doesn't make sense, this doesn't make sense, this doesn't make sense. So mm. she's already alarmed, even though the police officer just is trying to look at the other scenarios before they get to that that scary point. And what's always interesting to me is that a best friend can easily be written off but they know the habits. If there's anyone who knows if there yeah. are warning signs, they're the people you have to listen to, right? 
Exactly. And, you know, we are all going to go and panic when um, someone that we love isn't around and we're going to try and work out where they are. But she's done all of that. So, you know, she, she wouldn't have thought, oh, well, she didn't and it's my first, my first call. I'm going to ring the police. She's obviously rung around a few people. She's already spoken to Chris, you know, but she's saying I'm standing here and everything that she would have taken with her, she would have taken and she hasn't. So she didn't leave this house of her own will. And mm. so it's amazing that she is seeing those red flags so quickly. And calling the police is also a very big deal. That's the other point I think we've always got to remember. People who live in society like us are very hesitant to call the police because you always think they've got bigger fish to fry, they've got more important things to do. I know that I would be very hesitant to call the police and I've only done it once in my life um, when a woman turned up on my doorstep knocking and and she was in terrible trouble. This is many, many years ago. Um, But I did call the police, but in a general day-to-day sense, and that's a story for a bonus episode, I think, but um, <laughs> but they you don't call the police. So I think that if someone is calling the police, that also has to be taken seriously. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and yeah, it's just one of those things that you do try trying to convince yourself that oh I'm just being silly I'm being panicked she's probably um, gone to a different doctor or picked up something at, at the chemist and she didn't have a phone with her or died or, mm. or she left it somewhere you know so you try and play all of those scenarios out so uh, so Nicole is already at a, a different level of urgency by the time this police officer arrives yeah well look the officer does a sweep of the property perimeter and he's looking in windows and knocking in the hopes of getting a response he talks to Nicole's husband while he does the search and offers many scenarios for Shinar not answering. You know, she's gone to her parents, the phone died, she's unwell, you know, things like that. Now, a few of the neighbours come out to see what's going on and the officer asks them if they saw anything and they answer in the negative. Officer Kennard senses something isn't right and is desperate to get inside, but of course he knows he can't do that without permission. But a neighbour claims Shinan might be diabetic and keeps talking and the officer tries to be polite. He returns to Nicole out the front of the house, who has now called Shanann's parents, hoping to get access to the house via the garage. Shanann's mother is on loudspeaker and adds another piece to the puzzle. This is her parents. Alright, what's the key card of the garage? Well, I can't go in, but if they allow you to go in, I have to have the property owner's permission to enter. What's going on? Okay. Well, he's the property owner. So, they told me Shannon was at her girlfriend's house. Do we know who that is? Do we know who? Her phone number? He didn't say. When did he tell you that? So, this is interesting. Chris has already spoken to Shannon's parents and said she was at a friend's home. Yeah, and so it's interesting that, you know, he's, he says to Nicole that him and Shanann are, are going to separate and now he's he's told the in-laws a different story. So he's he's um, hmm. buying time. And so it's interesting that the police officer is being told all, all of this because obviously everyone has rung him and he al- already knows that there are a couple of steps forward than he thought they would be. They thought that, um, you know, they wouldn't be representing the police by, you know, th- that time of day. But, you know, Nicole had dropped a... Sh- 
Shanann home at 2am. She's a pregnant woman with two young girls. There is no way that she was going to go then on play dates and do wonderful things. She had a doctor's appointment. Yes, the thing about diabetes is absolutely plausible. Um, one of the girls ha has uh, some health issues that, that she needs to see doctors for and everything. So it's just interesting that everyone that has spoken to Chris has come forward and said, oh yeah, well he told me this. But all of these are stalling tactics. And so we can see that he's already trying to cover tracks that no one is expecting him to. So there's that alarm bell of, of guilty that he's not going, oh my God, where's my pregnant wife? Mm. Well, the officer then gets Chris's number from Nicole and calls it. It goes to voicemail. He rings it a second time and Chris answers. Here is the phone call. Now, Chris is not on loudspeaker, so he is difficult to hear. Hey, Chris, Officer Coonrod for the police department. Pretty good. So, do you have any idea where your wife is? Okay. Right. Well, my concern is her car is here. They're saying she is diabetic. I don't want her if she's upstairs and can't respond. Okay. About how far out are you? Okay. All right. Thanks. Um, now, look, I know that's hard to hear, but Chris essentially told the officer the same thing he told her parents, Amanda. Yeah, he's saying that, you know, she, she was at a friend's house and everything and it's fine. But what is interesting is that he isn't home and Nicole had actually rung him 45 minutes earlier and it takes him about 20 minutes to get home. So he's taking far too long and he's mm -hmm. now just told the officer that he's going to be a bit longer. And Nicole is just so suspicious of, of this, you know, so what's he doing during that time? And I don't know if I have that footage, but there is some stories about what he's done because he realises that they're onto him already. But he's, he's trying to um, delay it. Like, the officer is more concerned about his wife being home in a diabetic coma than mm. Chris actually is, you know. And so that is this is where the police officer says, yeah, okay, this is something more than just, you know, someone has fallen over or, or something. There's seriously something else going on because Chris isn't worried. Do we know why Nicole was uh, really thinking something was wrong here? Why was she actively thinking Chris may have somehow been in, somehow been involved here? Well, she she's not sort of blaming Chris completely yet, but she's sort of saying, you know, um, I saw her at 2am, they work together, they're, they're very good friends, best friends, and she has actually said to her, I'll call you in the morning to see how you are, see if you need me to take you to your doctor's appointment. So when her friend doesn't answer so many times, then she, she gets concerned, and then when she rings Chris, and Chris goes, oh yeah, well we're going to divorce, not like, oh my god, my, my wife's not here, where, where could mm. she be? No, he's making up stories, and she's like, this, like, if she was going to someone's house and there's a pre-planned thing like Chris is saying, um, Nicole would have known that night when they got home from a business trip that, uh, you know, that that Shannon won't need help because she's going to a friend's house with the girls and mm. that that's not what's happened. For those watching the video version of this podcast, uh, and if you're not, you can go to mwm.uscreen.io to see the video version. When the officer goes up to their house and looks inside, it is picture perfect. It is a beautiful place. It, there's not a thing out of place inside that house. It is really almost 
too good to be true. My house never looks like that on a on a good day, let alone just if the police are popping by. Yeah, um, my house, I'm currently sitting surrounded by giant candy canes in, in my <laughs> office. Um, but, yes, but I think, you know, I, it, it is pristine, but I think it's to the place of coldness. Like, there's no, mm. there is no toys around. There isn't uh, photographs on, on, on the wall. It's very cold. When they look in that front window, it's almost devoid of furniture even. So, you know, it looks like that something is happening, that there is a separation. But, you know, Nicole, uh, Shanann still went home that night. She mm. wasn't going somewhere else to sleep and Chris was still at the home so good, good yeah but point. it is very very stark mm. well Chris Watts finally arrives after almost 18 minutes according to the body cam footage on officer Cunard he parks the car on the street he gets out with no rush he opens the back door on his dual cab truck and retrieves something before heading towards the officer and the last few steps he runs and shakes the officer's hand Scott how you doing how's it going Okay, Amanda, that's brief, what you've just seen in that three seconds. But you reckon, as always, it speaks volumes. What does that say to you? It does. So he has his sunglasses on. So that is an attempt to conceal his nervousness, his his fear, any sort of emotions devoid of, of what's currently going on. You know, he's also sort of moving things between his hands quickly and he barely gives the officer eye contact. He's like looking straight away towards the garage. He's like, you know, oh, now I'm supposed to be, be panicked. Like it's taking me almost an hour to get home. But, you know, now I'm, I'm, I'm going to start panicking. And, you know, there's something else that he puts under his arm that we can't quite see but there is just so much going on and this is our first moment of seeing him with the officer and we get to see how this is going to play out and that officer would have spotted that um in less than three seconds uh, okay i'm going to rerun that footage because i want to have a look at what you're saying because i've got some issues <laughs> let's have a quick look okay scott how you doing how's it going I reckon you've read a lot into that because I know from my own personal view, I wouldn't have taken my sunglasses off by that point because I've just got out of the car, it's still bright. I really wouldn't be taking my sunnies off until I got into the house. And there's a police officer there and if I felt that I had been making him wait, I would be running up to him. Having said that, you made the point that when he first arrived, he took his time at the car. Exactly. And if someone is on your front step, are you not going to take your glasses off so, so you can meet them with eye contact? Oh, uh, maybe I'm rude. Not just that you're going inside your own <laughs> house. So it's not about you just coming home and going inside. This is about you coming up to someone standing on your front step. The first thing you would do is take your glasses off, put them on top of your head or, or take them off completely. See, you here's the problem. Leave them on and sort of give him that. <laughs> here's the problem I have with that kind of thinking. If there's a police officer there, there's so many thoughts going through your head. Now, I know we know he's guilty. Spoiler alert. Okay. Yeah. But, so I think sometimes there is the opportunity to read into things. Now, you are a criminologist. You know much more about this than me. And But I would be looking at that going, I probably would have forgotten to take my sunglasses off as well. Amanda, sorry to do this again. Can we have another look at that clip? I just want to look at it again, please. Scott, how you doing? How's it going? Having said that, I don't think the guy's overly trustworthy, but I just don't read so much in the non-removal okay. of the glasses. 
I'm sorry to do this for a fourth time. Uh, can we replay that again? Because watch, he does actually take his glasses off after he has spoken to the police officer. So let's prove my point right. I did notice that, but let's have a look. Yep. Scott, how you doing? How's it going? As he moves, as he moves into the shade. <laughs> Away. <laughs> no, he was in the okay. shade already. No, We're... he is hiding, he's concealing his eyes from the police officer because he is shitting bricks. Well, history proves you right anyway because he is guilty. Yeah. Uh, so we we know that you are right. Um, so I'm going to have to take this with you and, and let you have this one, <laughs> being the expert and all. Thank you. Um, but look, so let's continue on. Chris is now there. He's ducked into the garage, which was partially opened by Nicole's husband. He's several paces in front of the officer as Cunard starts asking questions, but there is a sudden development. So this is the only vehicle she would have? Only one that, yeah. She would drive? Okay. That's me. Yeah. The neighbors went and checked his camera and they said that a white car drove away at one. It was me though. That was me. I dropped her off. That was the last action on my camera. Go ahead. Can I throughout the whole day or? Besides Chris leaving? Okay, Amanda, I think it'd be good to explain what's going on, not only for the people listening on audio, but also for the people watching the video. Yeah, because there's a lot going on. Chris mm. is actually going through the white Lexus now and just looking for bits and pieces, trying to see if she sort of ma made it to the car and then went back inside or, or if, if that sort of scenario played out. Whereas Nicole and her husband have been talking to the next door neighbours and he says, look, I've just looked at, at my camera and I can see her pulling up at 2am. And Nicole goes, yes, that's when I dropped her off. It was 1.58. And that's what we're hearing. We're hearing and Nicole she... on her phone yeah. uh, with the, she's got the speaker on she's talking with the speaker on with the phone uh, they've mm -hmm. gone into the garage so Chris has opened the garage and he's gone in there looking at the car uh, sorry to interrupt continue no, you're right. And I was just going to say, yeah, so it's interesting. Um, Nicole is actually talking to the in-laws still as far as I can I can see. Right. So she's sort of saying to them, well, this is what we're seeing. And so then she says to, to the neighbour, is Chris leaving on that video too? And he says yes. But he's not going to play it until a little while longer. So, so there's lots more to play out first before we get to that. But um, Nicole is seeing that there's actually going to be something that maybe um, if something had happened to Shanann that they're actually going to see it on camera. So she She's a bit hopeful, um, but it's interesting that she asked what time did Chris leave. So um, mm. she's she's a good detective, this woman. <laughs> and she's like a dog with a bone. She's not letting it go. So yep. the story is starting to implode quickly. And Chris is nowhere to be seen. The others are outside, but he's gone inside. And Nicole notes that the baby seats are still in the car. So there's no way she would have gone in anyone else's car. Chris has spent two minutes inside alone before he opens the front door and allows Nicole and Officer Cunard to enter. Now Cunard then looks through the entire house. Chris again, nowhere to be seen. And after Cunard does a check into dispatch, Chris reappears with new evidence. We're checking the house for consent. Oh. Well, shit. Um, 
Any friends she do you know she would be hanging out with? I mean, I know. I guess her her Amanda, her parents um, are out of state. Across, across country, North Carolina. Oh. Yeah, so that's not happening. Um, Third blanket they sleep with, they don't leave anywhere without them. Okay. Nothing else appears to be missing, though? Just stuff you'd take for a quick trip? The first thing I want to say is this house is immaculate, Amanda, and that always rings alarm bells for me. I'll tell you why. Either you've got OCD and everything has to be in its place, or you are fearful. You are under pressure from your spouse, i.e. Chris in this instance, to keep a tidy house. This woman has two kids, she's pregnant, and that house looks like cleaners have been in for the last week making sure everything is in its place. Yes, there was a little moment where there was some folding of some clothes on a table um, in the baby's room, uh, but otherwise that house is picture perfect. It could be <laughs> shot for an open house inspection you know, it, it could be the photos for the, selling a house Absolutely. or could, is actually ready for an open house. Absolutely. And as I said, it's it's there's a coldness to that. Mm. It is very, very stark. And, you know, it's just amazing that um, Chris is walking around like that through it and he's looking for, for things. He's not looking for her. He's looking to see if there's anything that he's forgotten. Mm. So knowing that everything has to be in its place is quite an interesting thing. And by that, by having such an immaculate house, things that the officer does find out of place are going to be more noticeable as, as we're going to see um but right now like chris has just come forward and said that he's found her phone so you know the officer goes oh shit in into the um dispatch microphone so he knows that there's something else going on now well we know that she hasn't been seen to leave she did arrive at two o'clock the neighbors are now looking through the footage so if she has indeed left we will see that uh the fact that the car seats are there is another red flag and you're yeah. right when i think about that last clip that we just saw chris is always ahead leading the way almost on the lookout for his mm -hmm. own red flags absolutely because he's going to see things that they aren't going to see because they're looking for a sick pregnant woman who's you know collapsed somewhere that's what they're looking for and he's just sort of the officer's just sort of taking mental notes as he goes through and when you see a pristine house the things that aren't pristine do actually sort of raise those red flags you know but it's amazing that chris goes upstairs and instantly goes and goes oh here's her phone i think it was in the, in, in the bathroom it wasn't like it was charging on on her nightstand so it's mm. it's interesting that he's trying to play a different scenario so now he he can play the game of she's gone somewhere else but obviously left her, her phone that's why she's not answering so he's trying to put them off off the scent yeah well let's see how it goes because what's nicole her husband and the officer end up in the upstairs landing together and what's again points out her phone Does she work? Yeah, she works from home. home. Oh, from home? She works, this is her lifeline. So yeah, that thing turns back on, it's gonna start blowing up. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You know, 
That's fear in Nicole's voice. And again, in the video, you can see she's agitated. The penny is dropping with her, Amanda. Something is definitely wrong. Yeah. Yeah, when, when her, her phone's there and not with her. I mean, most of us are obsessed about our phones. Mine, I have no idea where it is, but that's just me because I don't Mine's like to answer right it. Mine's right here. Exactly. Mine, I think, is on, on, on the bed still playing TikToks from three hours ago. Um, but but Watts is, is really pacing around. He is trying to uh, sort of distract them a bit, but at, at the same time he's thinking, you know, did something happen here? You know, was there blood there? Or, you know, all these different scenarios he's, he's playing out reenacting what he went through between two and six that morning and he's trying to make sure there's nothing there he didn't think he was going to be playing this game this quickly Mm -hmm. he thought he probably had a couple of days and then he would have said oh she went to a friend's house and she didn't come home obviously some bad man out there has taken her but he's had to play a new game that he wasn't prepared for thank god for nicole Mm -hmm. um and he's now trying to sort of tidy up things because imagine if he went oh stuff I, i can come back after work and do all of this he has left stuff because I'm, I'm not going to say he's a man. He's, he has other priorities, and it's certainly not his clean house and his wife and children. So he is now having to sort of take those couple of steps ahead, and he's refusing to look at, at the officer, which comes back to the mm. sunglasses on the face outside. He's refusing to make eye contact because he knows that he is now edgy. He knows that he is now um, a bit scared, and he knows that things are playing out way faster, and he has to try and save his own ass now. You've won this round, Howard. You might have been right. (laughs) I think so. Yeah. Um, So this is interesting. Kina then asks about her medical history again. Nicole is the one who answers a few questions before Chris Watts finally takes over. uh, She she doesn't ever black out or have seizures or anything like that? No, I mean, a long, 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 long time ago. She had she had a car wreck, and that, I believe that's what happened. But Emetrex is something she takes for migraine. She she took more Emetrex this last month than she ever had before. But that's just because she was in North Carolina with the humidity mm-hmm. and everything like that. She was there for six weeks, and we got back Monday or Tuesday, and then she flew out to Arizona Friday Friday morning, and then she got back last night about 2 a.m. Like I delayed, she left about 11. She got here at 2. Okay. And I went to work this morning about 5.15, 5.30. What do you do? I work at oil and gas in Darko. What do you do for them? Operate. Oh. Long days then? Yeah, I, I, I definitely still be out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a long day, especially in that heat. This is the most we've heard from Chris so far, isn't it? It is, and we can see that he's like turning away. He's actually having conversations with the officer, but he's literally turning 90 degrees to sort of mm. talk away from him. And he's sort of saying, oh, you know, she had a car accident way back there and all of this sort of stuff. He's he's not focused on what's going on, and he is trying to not focus on the officer, but at the same time, as we've seen so many times before, he has to make those brief moments of eye contact to see if he's being believed. So he's trying to set up this scenario for her. And, like, you know, he's actually more interested in seeing what Nicole's doing because Nicole's on the phone to people. Nicole's trying to mm. find her, her best friend and Chris is standing there talking about car accidents from 1995. I mean, it's just amazing how, how this is happening and we've got Nicole. N- Nicole is how 
it should be happening, you know, and Chris not doing that. Even if Chris says, Nicole, if you can handle that, that would be great. But he's not he's not engaging with her. So she's like the, the good to his evil. She is how we want things to play out. We all need a, a Nicole in our lives. I can tell you that sadly a few of us have a Chris Watts. <laughs> Sorry, that tickled my fancy. Um, this is actually a worst-case <laughs> scenario for Chris because uh, you can deal with a police officer who's coming in cold, doesn't know your history, doesn't know any of your relationships, and you can sort of scuttlebutt. But Nicole knows the truth. She, for want of a better term, knows where the bodies are buried. You know, uh, not in this specific instance, but you know what I mean. She knows the troubles in their relationship. She knows, um, she knows her friend's habits. She has the background to know if Chris is going to start spinning bullshit. And she's not going to give up. Yeah. And she actually confronts Chris again about the play date story. Because you, you told me that she went on a play date with the girls. And then That's what she told me. You, Addie said you told her that she, yeah, she went with some friends. With, she, left, she went to go to a friend's house with the kids. Well, That's why they weren't at school. Addie said you told her that she left in the middle of the night. Oh, no, she didn't leave in the middle of the night, no. <laughs> yeah. Where do you get to go to school at? Primrose and Mr. Ridge. It's just fascinating to watch this. So Nicole has handed her phone to Chris and the officers are remaining silent, taking it all in. Though Nicole walks around the area, he makes sure he stays near Chris. Yeah, he does, and Chris is panicking about that. But what we're seeing now is that while he's on the in-laws on Nicole's phone, he's actually rocking self. Uh, he's, he's rocking side to side. He's actually doing a self-soothing mm. motion that a lot of parents actually do uh, subconsciously because we do that to soothe our children. That we actually learn to do it ourselves. You know, there will be mums out there and dads that will know that when you go to the shopping centre and your kids are bigger, but you're still rocking that trolley because it's just an innate thing to do as a self-soothe. And so he's he's hugging himself. He doesn't. Want to talk to his in-laws right now because this is playing out far too quickly but this rocking from side to side like the officer knows that this guy is trying to calm himself down because he's going to have the fight or flight responses happening mm. so the adrenaline's pulsing and he needs to soothe it down and the best way to do that is to use some of that en energy and that's what he's doing because though he's listening to his in-laws on the phone he knows that the officer is listening to him so he mm. is going to talk over them if they say anything that he doesn't want the officer to hear and all this sort of stuff but you know, good old Nicole, dog with a bone, that woman. She is. I've got to ask, though, do you think she suspects Chris at this point? Yes. Yep. And what do you think yep. she suspects she Chris of doing? Um... Probably the worst case scenario. She's probably hoping that, um, you know, that he's gone and dumped her in, in the bush somewhere, but really, you, you don't do that with someone alive. Um, but she knows that something has gone down because no doubt she would have uh, spoken to Shanann uh, on, on, on their trip and Shanann would have said that there's problems going on. Um, and then Chris has, has come and said, yeah, we were thinking of, of a separation and everything. And she's pregnant. So, like, Shanann's probably got a lot of stuff going on, as well as working from home, as well as having this immaculate home as well as looking after two young girls there is a lot going on that she wouldn't have just shot through so she knows mm. that someone is responsible for shenan disappearing and she's believing it's her, her poor best friend's husband 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, while Chris is on the phone, Nicole's son yells out from downstairs, the neighbour has checked the entire footage and Shanann and the kids did not leave the house. Chris, who is still on the phone, asks him to repeat it. And how does he respond to this news, Amanda? Well, he's actually very still for a moment. He, he doesn't want to sort of keep that self-soothing because suddenly he needs to have that sort of pulse slow down. So he stops and he's sort of focused. He's he's shocked and he's worried about what they're going to see. You know, um, he, he continues to pace a bit more whilst he finishes that call, but he knows that there is a lot more coming and it's about to all go down. Mm. Well, Wads then heads to the bathroom, but he does a few odd things, doesn't he? He certainly does. You know, he, he, he puts the phone down, um, you know, he heads into the bathroom. Uh, you know, it's it's like as if he wants to go to, her, to the toilet. He sort of closes the door on, on, on the rest of them as though he needs privacy. So it's interesting to think about what's going on. And suddenly he appears with a Shanann's wedding ring. So there's a lot more going on now. If they were in his pocket, if he forgot about them and took them off after he, he dumped their bodies, we don't know. But he suddenly says, oh, look what I found. I found the next the next clue in the puzzle. Now, that's an interesting point because then the officer entices Watts to take him into their walk-in closet to see if she has packed clothes. Yeah. It didn't look like she went through and packed up no, I a mean, bag or anything. This, this and all that in the bottom, so it'd be kind of hard to tell if she took a little bit or, I mean, it'd be easy to tell if took a lot, but it's hard to tell if she took a little bit or not. Okay. She tell you anything about leaving, moving out? Not moving out. I mean, the last time I talked to her was this morning. She said she's going to take the kids to a friend's house, and she asked where she was going to be. And then I've texted her today. I've never heard anything. But the cars, the cars here, the cars right. here. Unless somebody came and picked her up. But the people that I know, nobody's heard from her. Nobody's seen. Her. Right. You know, it's a good-sized closet, but it doesn't seem big enough to Watts, does it? He's trying to get back from the police officer as far as he can. <laughs> oh, my God. And that is a fantastic tactic he's done because we do a lot of interrogations and, and, and we see the body language of people sitting in a room together to watch this occur this way. Like, uh, Watts had no escape because the officer come in at that door and he was standing mm. there. So he had him, like, cornered like, like the wounded animal that he is. And Watts wants to get out of there, you know. He's, he's sort of trailing off. He's sort of talking about something and then goes, you know, all of her friends. And that's it. He's, he sort of stops mid-sentence because he has no idea what to say here. He kind of said, yes, yeah, she, she took all of her red clothes and some black pants. She, he could have said anything because no one knows except for him and his wife what clothing was in there. So he could have said, oh, yes, oh, one of the suitcases is gone. You know, all of this that he co- could have done. But he wasn't thinking fast enough to actually save himself there. So he has to say, no, she didn't take anything and looks all, all, all fine to me. So that was mm. a get-out-of-jail-free card and he, and he missed it. 
Interesting. Okay, let's have a listen to him answering something truthful. How long have you been in an oil field? Since 2015, well, Anarcho 2015, January, Covenant, year before that. After that, I worked on cars for 11 years. You liking it? I love the fact that I don't have to get carpal tunnel on my wrist. That's what I, that's what I left it for, but car business for. Right. Because it was, it was destroying my body. The old field is less repetitive as far as the same stuff over and over, just doing that all the time. Right. It's a lot of lifting, but other than that, it's perfect for what it is. It gives me time with the kids. Like, I, I used to go on at eight days on, six days off. But now I'm on five and two, so I'll go back to eight and six next month. So I'll be getting a lot more time with the kids. That's what I'm excited about. Right. Get for a break. Jeez, Amanda, he's a very different person there. He is, and this is why they often ask these sorts of questions to get what a truthful response would be, because he has no reason to lie about what he does for a job. So his sentences are quite concise, they're forceful, they're loud, they're confident, he doesn't sort of break off, he doesn't waffle, he has these responses and he's keen to sort of get it out, he's standing still, he's he's making eye contact. So this is how we can sort of juxtapose uh, truthful responses with false responses by these sorts of answers that they have no reason to lie. And so the officer now knows that's how he he would answer if I asked him a truthful question compared mm. to what he's been doing up until now. Now, this next bit's amazing because the case actually goes over to the neighbour's home. On his huge TV, he plays for everyone the footage of the Watts' home driveway. Let's take a look at this. Any motion event that happens, I got, but I get cars driving from this street, from this street, and this is him at 517. So Amanda, the sound isn't great, but the neighbour was giving a pretty decent commentary. Can you complete it for us? Oh, yes, this is one of my favourite moments in every episode that we've ever done. So yeah. what we have is that Watts is not looking at the screen. So the the neighbours sort of going through, you know, um, I, I see cars coming from this direction, this direction, this direction, and they get uh, shots of the, the neighbours, yeah, which is the Watts home. Now, Chris Watts knows that they can actually film that, but he's obviously forgotten about that. And so when the neighbour says, you know, look, here it is at 5.17, Watts is backing his, his truck up into the driveway but as we see his, his natural place to park is on the street so it's like well why when you're leaving for work you're actually going to start packing your stuff when the night before he had plenty of time to do all of that if he wasn't doing other horrible things but uh Watts isn't watching the camera he's like oh I'm on my phone I'm trying to do everything else but look on the screen but then that final shot and he he cups his his mouth and he puts his hands on his head that is a a moment of of defeat he knows that he's lost the game because he cannot say no I left at 7 or you know I didn't come home or I stormed out at 3am. He can't say that because we now have photographic proof of him being in his driveway at 5.17 doing a suspicious thing of backing his truck up into that garage. So it's extraordinary he didn't know the camera was on him and we have this moment where the car is pulling up 
to the driveway, what is he putting in there? I mean, <laughs> if you're the police officer, straight away you're going. If you had given this guy the benefit of the doubt to this point, this is the smoking gun, isn't it? <laughs> oh, this gun is fully loaded and ready to shoot again, I think. Yeah. This is this is one of those amazing moments. I shouldn't be happy because this is about murder, but uh, the fact that um, he thought he would get away with this, and here we are, not even 12 hours later, and he's, yeah, that, that gun is smoking. It's just amazing that it, it's at this very moment, and his his body language of that, that stance of, of, of defeat with his hands like this above his head, it's just amazing we know that mm. he knows that he's gone yeah absolutely well next something extraordinary happens something watts had hoped he had covered up but you're gonna have to wait until next week for that one unless you want to subscribe early on patreon through patreon.com slash mwm confessions or at mwm.com uscreen.io because the people who get the videos and podcasts through those two little um, ventures get them a week early otherwise you will have to wait until next week for your next fix of Monsters Who Murder Serial Killer Confessions as we cover the extraordinary case of Chris Watts. Amanda I'm in hook, line and sinker I cannot wait to find (laughs) out what happens yeah, I'm usually not this excited. Well, yeah, I am. But this is just so <laughs> amazing that this case. I just, I just love how it's just, um, it's unfurling like a rose, and it's just amazing. It, it really is. Well, thank you for your time, as always. We will see you next week, Amanda. I'm Rob McKnight. She is Amanda Howard. We will see you next week on Monsters Who Murder: Serial Killer Confessions. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.